0: Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And man, I have one of the most special guests I've ever had on this show on the show today. And you may or may not have heard of this guy. He is, I, honestly, I thought I knew a lot of people until I met this guy. His name is Kyle Wilson. Here's, uh, I stole this from his website, so hopefully he doesn't have his attorneys contact me after the interview. Um, But this, this is a screenshot I took. These are just a few of the people that this guy has worked with. Kyle has testimonials from each and every person on his website that you see right here in this list. Some of the greats, Darren Hardy, I mean, Jim Rohn, which we're going to talk a lot about Jim Rohn. Mark Victor Hansen is is who actually introduced us. My buddy Jeffrey Gittimer, Les Brown, a lot of amazing people that Kyle has worked with. And I, without any more from me, I want to welcome Mr. Kyle Wilson to the show. Kyle, welcome to the show. Ken, my
1: honor to be here. Thank you.
0: I I am very, very honored to have you here. You are... um, i'm If I'm completely transparent, I did not know who you were. <laughs> Is that terrible?
1: Well, uh, hey, uh all by design up until the last couple of years, right?
0: <laughs> right. Well, you know, Mark Victor Hansen and I were talking and and he said, Have you interviewed Kyle Wilson? And I said, Who's that?' And he goes, "Oh, you, gotta, you got to, you know how Mark gets fired up. You got to meet this guy. He's incredible. He was Jim Rohn's business partner, and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "What?" And and so, man, I'm I'm honored to have you here. It, this show is called Breakthrough Walls. It's I I created it to help people have a breakthrough in life. And and um, you know, right now, there's there's a lot of people who are stuck and especially right now. And I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about that. But let's start with where you were born and raised.
1: Yeah, I grew up in a, a small town, Vernon, Texas, and, you know, never went to college, actually uh, did not do very well in school. You know, I got, got in trouble, was doing drugs. Age 19, I, I made a significant emotional experience or had a significant emotional experience changed my life around, started, I mean, I'd always been an entrepreneur, had always had jobs, you know, went around the neighborhood selling, you know, uh, things to the neighbors, but started my first real business at age 19 and it was a detail shop because in Vernon, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be scrappy. And then that turned into a service station. And then the next thing, you know, within a couple of years, I'm got the service station on the highway. And we were 24 7, 10 employees. I called it Wilson's Texaco. We're America's Station. And that's the Cowboys were America's team. We were America's Station. And, uh, but I was never a car guy. I I wasn't a mechanic. I wasn't mechanically inclined. It was just, you know, putting myself out there. And uh, by age 24, 25, I ended up selling it. I had bought a house, sold the house decided i need to 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 move to a bigger uh marketplace i went to dallas and did not have any plan at all and Um, uh thank god i did because that led to me eventually meeting jim Rohn.
0: you know did you i you don't know this i don't think um I used to own a detail shop. When oh, was, wow. okay. When I was about 21, I started a detail shop in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you you and I and, you know, we have that in common. Uh I yeah. one of my high school jobs, you know, I worked all throughout high school yeah. was working at the Ford car dealership washing cars and eventually detailing cars. Wow. You know, bu- buffing them out and so that was a skill set. I had that I could then add to the marketplace. Uh, I worked there for a year and a half. And uh, so that's where I began.
0: That's incredible. So, you know, there's probably a lot of, and and I I do wanna talk some about Jim Rohn, obviously, that that would be um, really dumb on my part not to. Um, But you know, there's, there's probably a lot of the millennials that have no idea who Jim Rohn even is. And, and which is, is kind of tragic in, in my opinion. So let's educate some of them that may listen to this or watch this. Um, but you, you know, first I want to get back to the part where you ended up in Dallas and, um, that was in the, what this, you said the seventies.
1: I graduated from high school in 79. Okay. And I moved to Dallas in 86.
0: Okay. And, um, so 86, that's the year I would have graduated. I hated school too. (laughs) I did. I didn't even graduate. So, so, um, you ended up in Dallas in 86 and, and what happened then? Because you just like all of a sudden you meet Jim and that's the first thing that happened.
1: Yeah. So a series of serendipitous events just to really, you know, try and go, um, you know, leave, leave out all the the long time-consuming part was I started another detail shop. Oh. Eventually, I then got a sales job uh, as a PR rep for a company. And then I was starting another little entrepreneur venture, and um, uh, I ended up calling on a car dealership and then gave that a shot for a few days, and a guy, Jerry Haynes, came in to speak And he shared a 30-minute talk, and then he sold tickets to an upcoming seminar. I bought a ticket to go, and then the next day, I quit that job saying, okay, I'm not any good at this. I don't want to sell cars. And uh, a couple of days later, he and I talked because he still did not have my credit card because my boss was out that day. And I told him I quit my job, so I'm not sure if I need to go to the seminar. And he's like, oh, so you don't have a job. And he said, listen, come to the seminar. I'm actually looking to hire people uh, in Dallas. Wow. And so I went to the seminar. It was Dan McBride and Ken Lutz. Now, okay. little did I know Dan, Ken, and Jerry all worked for Adventures and Achievement back in the 70s, along with Tony Robbins and Don Hobbs and yeah. Jim Brett and many other amazing people. And um, so I... I ended up going to work for Jerry. I was definitely the worst, the least. I massive fear of speaking in public and you had to get up and give a presentation. But as Les Brown, who I interviewed last week, said, you got to be hungry. And I was hungry. I had I was up against it. I was recently married and, you know, I I was down the big city and everyone had degrees and they were, you know, had jobs and I'm hustling and I'm at zero so, a big part of that job, Ken, is you had to cold call to talk to companies to try and book yourself to go speak. Yeah. Within six months, I became one of top, Jerry's top guys. Wow. And then I got the phone call one day and he said, Listen, Kyle, my mentor, Jim Rohn, is going to come back out in the marketplace and uh, we're going to start doing seminars together again. And I'm moving to Los Angeles tomorrow. Dallas is yours, Texas is yours. And uh, so I did that, Ken, for about eighteen months, where every two months I would put on a, a Jim Rohn seminar in Dallas. Uh, eventually moved to Houston, San Antonio, and Austin, and changed my life. You know, the philosophies Jim taught me changed my life, and I'm happy to talk about that. Yeah, in fact, I want to. But as far as the seminar story, the model was broken, and I would I became. Jerry's number one guy, and yet I wasn't making any money. I was actually going in the hole. And so I said, listen, i got to start my own company. And I was getting two, 300 people in the room, and I had this vision to get 2,000. And I had this daily mantra, how do I get 2,000 people in the room? How do I get 2,000 people in the room? And I ended up leaving that company. I went to Atlanta to do my first big event. I hired my good friend, or soon-to-be good friend, Brian Tracy, and Og Mandino, to do my first event. I got 1,300. Second event, Chicago, 1,700. Third event, D.C., 2,100. And I went back to Jerry and I said, listen, I want to hire Jim Rohn. I think he's the best speaker in the world. And so I I had to pay like three times more than anyone else to get the bill. But it was worth it. And then I was doing Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy events all over the country. And uh, eventually, that company, uh, Jerry's company, you know, went bankrupt and they just had a broken model. Yeah. Jerry changed my life. The model was broken. And I remember the last event I did of Jim and Brian, Jim said, hey, Kyle, you know, Jerry owes me $400,000. Uh, that model's dead. On this next event, just pay me directly and I'll take it off Jerry's tab. And wow. I said, okay. And I said, so y'all are definitely done. He goes, we are. And I said, okay, uh, I'd like to make you an offer to partner with you. And the thing was, you know, Jim talks about back in the adventures and achievement days, the Tony Robbins days, they were filling up all these audiences all over the country. And after they were 800,000 in the hole, they shut it down. Well, same thing. There's Jeffrey Gettermer. Hey, brother. Uh, Same thing uh, with this, you know, doing all these events, but they're 400,000 in the hole. So I knew Jim Wasn't looking for a partner. yeah. So I made him an offer. I said, I want exclusive rights. I'll pay for everything. I'll pay you off the top. So you don't ever have to worry about if we make money or not. I'll just pay you off the top for events. And I'll go create products. He had three at the time. Let me create the products and I'll pay you royalties. And it'll be my event. I'll pay for my company. I'll pay for everything. And that started Jim Rohn International. That first year, I took him from 20 speaking engagements to 110 and I doubled oh, yeah. his speaking fee and I started creating products and it was all based on this. I took a sheet of paper, I drew a circle and I put a little hub in the middle. It was the wheel
0: yeah,
1: and the hub. And then each spoke was a product or service. And I said, my goal is to get people on the wheel and then take them around because Jim Rohn was so good that if you heard him just like Jeffrey Gettemer heard him for the first time in 1994 in Charlotte, when I first met Jeffrey Yeah. And he fell in love with Jim. Harvey McKay, first time he heard Jim fell in love. And I got, you know, Darren Hardy. I got thousands of those stories. So the key is I have to get people exposed to Jim. Once they're exposed, then, you know, I can sell them uh, his products. And that I got really good at that. But then Jim only had so many and he wasn't ambitious to create more. So I started another company called Your Success Store. And that's where I started taking Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen and Jeffrey Gittimer into some of those same companies, those 110 I booked for Jim. I started taking them into there and then I started selling their product. So, so you're
0: the you're the guy that was taking all my money back.
1: Then. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, the
0: one. That in- that was a good good investment though.
1: And then I started creating products. So Brian Tracy and I created the Success Mastery Academy. That was a wow. two-day event we did all over the country. And uh, so I created, in these little quote books, like you showed me Ziggs, the Jim Rohn quote book, that all came from the concept of the wheel. So let me tell you about the wheel. This is powerful for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, most people think it's a funnel. It's not a funnel. A funnel has an agenda. The wheel is I want to get people into my world. And you can do that through an email list, through social media, but then you build a relationship with them. And occasionally you give them something to say yes to. And the number one thing is how do I get people on the wheel? And so the big question became, how can I get more people? Jim had no list. So 1993, zero list, zero list of speaking engagements. I mean, I had nothing to work with. But I was a seminar promoter. I was used to dropping into a city I didn't know anyone and filling it up. So I had that same thing with Jim. And the thing, I always say there's four keys to a new spoke. Number one, is it is it part of your core business? Number two, is it part of your secret sauce? Is it, you know, we can do a lot of things, but the thing that makes something special is when it's unique to you. Number three, are you focused on a specific avatar you want to uh, reach? But number four, this is big, is it strategic? Will it knock down the dominoes? Too many people are doing too many things. Less things, but be more strategic. And I thought about it, what makes Jim unique? What's his secret sauce? And it was, he was this prolific wordsmith. He could take the complex, make it simple, say in an elegant way, make you laugh. And the other thing about Jim was people loved him. Now how do I how do I know? Because I was giving a thousand presentations a year, speaking to all these companies, going to a city, cold calling, hundred calls a day to book myself to go speak. So I had thousands and thousands of um, experiences to figure out, you know, who you know who knew who, why they loved them, and most people did not know who Jim Rome was. But when they did, they loved him. So I created that little quote book to give to my Jim Rohn fans to become advocates so they could buy 10, 100, 1,000 at a time. And um, I remember Jeffrey Gittimer, you know, he was in 20 and eventually 50 business journals and he did articles in the business journals about Jim Rohn. And if you want a quote book, send the facts and he'd send it to me. And wow. so that um, you know that became part of our customer acquisition. And then I taught people how to buy in multiples. So network marketing, real estate, uh, insurance, but the key was it was part of the wheel. And I did those quote books for Zig, Brian, Mark Victor Hanson, uh, Dennis Waitley, but Jim sold 6 million. The others all combined sold too, because it was really part of Jim's secret sauce. It truly was the thing that would knock down the dominoes. And of course I put my catalog in the back and now I had this army of people. I would say, Ken, no one's going to hand you a quote book and say, take this. They're yeah. going to say, you ever heard of this guy, Jim Rohn? This guy changed my life. And they're going to open it up and read some quotes. And then they're going go to go the back and say, Seasons of Life, I bought 50 of those at Christmas. It's amazing. And then they're going to give you the book. And that's wow. what I envisioned before I ever did the first book. It took me nine months to do because there were no Jim, list of Jim Rohn quotes, right? There was wow. no Google I had to go through all the seminars, all the books. There was a true vision I had. And I actually did a hardbound book with 365 quotes that was the upsell to the little book. But um, is I that, got is that, stories of how that viral marketing tool was worth $10 million to me eventually. And it was a bit of a God download. This was 1993 and I'm searching. And everything I've ever done gets down to the wheel. And, and going through the criteria... What's the one thing that's going to knock down all the dominoes? That's part of my core business that will reach my avatar. That is my secret sauce, and if it mm-hmm. doesn't check those boxes, I don't do it.
0: That is that is amazing. Is is the um, Jim Rohn quote book still available?
1: It is. You know, I sold all my companies in two thousand seven. <laughs> yeah. So Success Magazine, uh, the company that bought Success, also bought me. So you can find it at Jim Rohn.com. You can find them. They, they don't push them the way I did, and they redesigned them a bit, but the quotes are still in there, and they're yeah. so powerful. And then I have a blog where I list my 30 favorite Jim Rohn quotes, KyleWilson.com blog, and I talk about the wheel. I talk about all the strategic things, but I list my favorite quotes all the time.
0: And, you know, and I, I mean – I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I actually subscribed to your, um, emails uh-huh. and, and there's some phenomenal material. I got an email this morning. I'm like, <laughs> is this Kyle, Kyle, or is this the email Kyle?
1: <laughs> like- yeah. It's a little tricky. Cause I have this thing called 52 lessons. I learned from Jim Rohn and other legends and Mark's in it. Jeffrey Gittimer's in it. Uh, obviously Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Darren Hardy, yeah. number of people. John Maxwell, and it's people I collaborated with in the core lessons. But, of course, Jim Rohn's the big part of it. And those come out every Friday, and they're in sequence. So if you sign up today, you'll get the first one today. You'll get the second one tomorrow, then every Friday. And the challenge is, if it's Christmas, if it's New Year's, if something's going on in the world, it doesn't always sync up with that. But because it's gotten pretty big, and I have multiple lists, I can't change the sequence. So they land every Friday, yeah. like it or not, on whatever lesson you're on. Right, lesson 42, Charlie tremendous Jones, or yeah. J. Abraham, or whatever it is. Jeffrey where I love Jeffrey's story.
0: Jeffrey, and and you know that Jeffrey and I are also very good friends, and and you know I'm telling you, I, I mean. He doesn't quote Jim Rohn every single time I talk to him, but I've heard him quote Jim a lot, right? And, and so I know that he loves Jim Rohn and, and, and there's a lot of people obviously that do. Um, I watched a, um, YouTube video this morning. I think it's on your YouTube channel. I don't know if it's still your YouTube channel or not, but it was a tribute to Jim Rohn. Yeah, that's
1: mine because Is I put it, okay. that tribute together, right? And it's, it's got incredible. Jeffrey and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy. And that's a whole story in itself. Uh, That really was the most special thing I ever did. And the unbelievable part of it, Ken, was it was two hours. And then I got it down to a 30-minute version of it. And then uh, I got to go sit down with Jim Rohn a month before he passed away. And we watched it together. And it had, you know, all the iconic... Uh, people like Jeffrey and Mark and Brian and Zig and Les Brown. But it also had some of Jim's closest friends. It had his accountant. It had uh, people he used to work with. And it was this, uh, you know, his inner circle. And there were a couple of people, I'm not saying they were estranged, but maybe they hadn't talked in 15 years. Maybe they were part of Jim's organization and they went off on their own and I'm not going to list names, yeah. but during that interview process, because we sat down and filmed them and interviewed them and they would, there's two in particular that broke down crying and they're talking about how Jim Run changed their life. And I'm sitting there with Jim watching this and he knows he's terminal. He knows, you know, yeah. and he's, he looks at me and he goes, wow. And it was those inner circle friends that he had not connected with. And so it's the most special day of my life delivering that. Wow. And again, there's one guy that I knew I had to have on that video. His name was William Bailey and William, you know, Jim had two influence, two big major influences, Earl Schof and Bill Bailey. And Bill was too sick to come to Dallas, too sick to come to LA to do it. And uh, so I got on an airplane and went to Lexington, Kentucky, rented a car drove an hour and a half to the back hills of Kentucky wow. to build this old family farm, old family log cabin where he lived. And we spent the day together. And I think, um, you know, I think one minute of that made it to the two hour video and 10 seconds of it made it to the final when you watch this morning. Yeah. But I couldn't show up with, you know, a month I couldn't show up and show this video to Jim and not have Bill Bailey on it.
0: Yeah. So it was,
1: it was very special to me. It's the greatest uh, time I've ever had with Jim sitting down to, to do that.
0: You know, my, uh, my, my past is speckled with um, not drugs as much, but Mm -hmm. a lot of alcohol. I'm a recovered alcoholic, right? Was 17 and a half years sober. And so I think about, you know, you you said that you were getting into some of that stuff and then, you know, you had some major life shifts. And what, when you met Jim, is there anything, because all you have to do is go listen to Jim. I bought the Audible thing that, somebody recommended the Audible um, Ultimate Jim Rohn uh, collection the other day, and so I immediately went and bought it. But Hmm. what are some of the things that, when you first met him that you feel like, man, this really shifted the entire trajectory of my life.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm glad you asked that because it really did like
0: I can Tim Rohn
1: changed my life. I Uh, I love that. So I was already on the right path and I was doing pretty good, but Jim's philosophies are what really shifted it. And that's what I see in the marketplace today. Success. Success, right, is yeah. not a true indicator of the success Jim talked about, right? His was philosophy. And that's what really changed it for me. And Ken, there were two, three, four things that really uh, impacted me the most. One was Jim said, uh, for things to get better, you have to get better. It's not what's out there, it's what's going on in here. And, mm. you know, and he would tell the story, hey, it's not the, and this so applies today. It's not the economy it's not the president it's not the government it's not your boss it's not the company those things happen to us all you know and you take any period of time stuff happened to everyone 10 years later you know certain people are successful certain people uh never recovered right because the yeah. biggest things in our life we control our attitude you know uh our our thoughts our investment, where are we going to invest? Are we going to invest in you know books and seminars and TED Talks and podcasts? are we going to invest in mindless TV? Uh, the people we get around, our attitudes, you know all our decisions. and it's a common theme. You get around successful people. They have success habits. They're doing things most people don't do. Right. We get to control that. So that was powerful. Uh, Jim taught me that success was predictable. And this is huge. He taught me that if you do the right things, you will get a harvest. You know, and if if you want tomatoes, go plant a tomato plant, water it, you know, put it in a good place, take care of it, and you're going to end up with tomatoes. Ken, it sounds so simple, but you you know when I see people with a bad philosophy, get rich quick. It's really they don't have confidence and faith in the process. If you really had faith and confidence that if you do the right things and you sow the right seeds, you're going to have a harvest. You would just do that because that's guaranteed. Yep. Most people are starting over, you know, because they're chasing the wrong thing. And Jim said, "No, no, no, no. Do you want a vineyard? Do you want something amazing? All you got to do is plant the seed, water, it, take care of it, and in due time you're going to have a harvest." And I, I bought into that. Um, uh, this is huge. He taught me, he you know, Jim said, if you want to be successful, bring value to the marketplace. If you want to be wealthy, learn to bring value, learn to be valuable to valuable people. And so, again, he didn't say become a good networker. <laughs> right. You know, he said learn to bring value. And I really figured that out. I figured out if I can fill up a room full of people, guess what? Les Brown's going to show up in my driveway and ask me to promote him and invite me to dinner with him and Gladys Knight and Billy Preston. Jeffrey Gittimer in 1994 is going to invite me to his house, show me his library of 100 year old first edition, you know, sales books. Yeah. Uh, and that really was my story. You know, People came to me because I built a platform today you've created this platform to bring value to the marketplace but that helps you uh that helps you then attract amazing people too right so i learned to to focus on bringing value not being a good networker you know not asking for favors but bringing value and when you bring value to the marketplace good things happen that was life-changing
0: you know i i'm like I have like, I've gotten chills so many times in this conversation, uh, you know, Bob Donnell too. Bob's on here. Yeah. So, Uh, so, you know,
1: I met Bob at the Jim Rohn tribute, you know, there was Jim passed and there was a private funeral. And then a couple of months later, success magazine put on an amazing tribute. Tony Robbins, Les Brown. I got to speak at it. Although I was a mess. I cried the whole time. Uh, but I met Bob there. And, uh, that, you know, Bob's a really good friend. Amazing guy.
0: Wow. Yeah. Bob is amazing. I'm um, absolutely amazing. So, um, gosh, Kyle, I don't even know, like I'm waiting. Gittimer just said he has a few things to say, then he has oh, good. to go. Good. Um, but, but I, I, I so <laughs> I'm waiting to see what he has to say, but, um, well,
1: yeah. So Jeffrey's popping in.
0: He's no, 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 He's just, he's gonna, he's gonna, I think he's gonna type out a few things here. Oh, okay. In the comments. Okay. So, so I I want to go back to when you you know and and for anybody that doesn't know this, owning a detail business is not a way to get rich. <laughs> it's really really hard work. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah. And it's dirty work. Oh, he wants, Jeffrey wants to come in. Good, wow. good. You want to have him come in? Yeah. Let's have him come, come in. Come on in. I'll, I'll send him, I'll send, I'll text you the link right now, Jeffrey. Um, so, so, you know, you were, you said you were broke. You had no money. You were doing all of this with no money. And I think that a lot of people, you know, see somebody like you where just the bookcase behind you is probably worth more than most people's car. And, and you know, like, they see where you are now, and there's this, oh, I got to get there right now. I got to get there right now. They don't let that gestation period go. Oh, look at this. We have Mr. Gamera uh, on here. Um, you know, like, they Jeffrey, see you where you turn are turn off now. Facebook in the background. There's this, oh, All you right. I got to get there right now. I Just gotta get, get there right now. The tab and close that. Hold
2: path. on, I'll Go. do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll look at it. This.
0: This. This on here. Uh, They see where I turn off Facebook in the background. Okay, this, there, I muted you till give me a thumbs up once you have that closed. Hold uh, on, I'll do it.
2: I'll do it. How about that? Is that good? There. That's good. We got it. So one day, um, a kid came over. To have lunch with me and wanted to be in the speaking business. And I said, okay, because guys like Kyle and Ty Boyd had been my dad's and they taught me stuff. And I thought, well, some kids need advice. I'll help him. And we sit down to lunch. He goes, where's the money in the speaking business? And I said, well, I don't really think I have an answer for that, but I do what I love and the money shows up. And he goes, yeah, yeah, but where's the money? And I just asked the waiter for a check. (laughs) If you do the, if you go about it the right way, and you could see how Kyle does it the right way. You could see how Roan did it the right way. Most people who do what we do love what we do. Um, my, one of my dads was was Charlie Tremendous Jones, and he loved what he did. I mean, literally, he would kiss a book and call it a sex book. <laughs> I better show the cover. Yeah. Um, but he, he he had the ideas, and he had the humor, and he had the passion. To the day he died, he had the passion. And you can say anything you want about people, but if you don't love it, then you got to go do something else. And Kyle for what uh, Kyle has been a help to thousands of people because he loved doing what he did Mm. and damn good at it. I mean, damn good. Not real good. Damn good. Yeah. And, you know, you have to have respect for something like that. So I'm, I'm on as a um, corroborator that, Uh, Roan was like the greatest thinking mind that I ever exposed myself to on a platform. Um, Hardy and I, Darren Hardy and I spent weekends at the people's network thing sitting in row one, thigh to thigh, listening to Jim Rohn and taking notes as fast as we could write. Wow. I've actually gone back into my archives. I'm looking for those notes. I know I have them. I'm going to find them. And uh, that's, you know, almost 20 years ago. What does that do to you? It creates the framework for inspiration. That's what it does. And for for me, I look at those quotes and I go, holy shit and moly, this is unbelievable. And you have to look at it from that perspective because if you wake up in the morning and do what I do, which is I read, I write, I prepare, I think, I create, I do those five things, I've done them for 25 years, you have to include masters in your reading or you never get to the next level, ever, ever. So good morning, Kyle.
1: Hey, good morning. I met Jeffrey in 94. Uh, there was a big Jim Rohn event. Uh, Jeffrey was the, uh, the master of ceremonies. Jim was one of the speakers. Uh, the biggest benefit that came out of that weekend uh was meeting jeffrey and i went back i i had launched the people's network with jeff and eric and had brought in les brown brian tracy jim all these guys but they didn't know jeffrey and i came back i said this is the guy we need jeffrey getter to be part of the people's network and uh he i think he is the most prolific sales trainer of all time definitely the most entertaining and uh The 2001 event, uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, and Jeffrey was one of the speakers, but we had a day three, and my uh, MC for our mastermind, private mastermind, didn't make it, and I asked Jeffrey, hey, can you fill in, and he did masterfully, and uh, Jeffrey, I have a picture of you and Darren, I saw somewhere, I need to find that and pull it out and send it to you, Uh, I haven't already,
2: yeah please do um, the the challenge that you have you know you you if you listen to Jim Rohn he will tell you to surround yourself with the people that you want to be like or surround yourself with the people that you can learn from yeah. um, and I guess on purpose or on accident or on who knows what uh, you can blame it on I blame it on serendipity which is God's way of remaining anonymous <laughs> and uh, you you put yourself in in place to surround yourself with these kind of people and, and you win. You, yeah. you can't help, but win because you surround yourself with winners, not whiners. Right. Um, I, you know, we're in this, uh, I don't know whether you guys are aware of it or not, but we're in the shitter right now. And, um, it's, it's a matter of what are we going to do to recover? And I believe there's going to be three kinds of people that emerge from this winners, watchers and whiners and the people that are watching are like they're the people that okay we're going back to we're opening up the economy they open up the door and they put their hand out the window to see if it's still raining yeah like dude just look out the window you know get ready so i'm I'm creating this recovery course um and i'm probably going to write a book about the the new normal because it's never going to go back to the old normal But you have to take people like Jim and listen. Like I carried the Art of Exceptional Living in my car for a decade. Some of the CDs had scratches in them and I, I had to get a new set. Because you can't help but want to listen to this guy talk about life. Anybody that doesn't own the Art of Exceptional Living doesn't understand life. Or success. I mean, that's just me personally, me.
1: No, it's that's one amazing. of the all-time greats. It's amazing.
2: It's phenomenal. And it's always listened to a bull.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. So Good now the art you, of exceptional. Uh, Good seeing you, my friend.
1: I definitely uh, got to follow back up about you being on the podcast and uh,
2: loved being on I'm your Charlotte, podcast. Derek, I, once the pandemic is over, you're well, welcome I, to actually come. I'll shake yeah. hands with you.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm actually doing them. uh, You know, I I said I only do them live, but these this I'm going to now do them on Zoom. I just did it with Les Brown and a few others. So I'll be back in touch. Hey, have your people offline. So I'm sorry. Have your people
2: (laughs) call my people. I will. All right,
0: brother. Love you, man. Take
2: care. Take care. Love you, Kyle. Love you.
0: Uh, Hey, what about me? You don't (laughs) love
2: me? Oh yeah, no, I like you a hell of a lot.
0: Well, I love you, dude. So thanks. I love you too, Kenny. All right, we'll see you later. Guys, thanks you for cheers. popping in. I got I got so lots of Jeffrey
1: Gittimer God. stories. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So so Kyle, um, you were, what's that, Jeffrey? Oh, he left. So um, wow, that was a nice surprise to have yeah. Jeffrey pop in here. So so you, um, man. So your life back then, and, and, and we were, we were kind of talking about where your life, um, the direction it headed after you met Jim, and some of the things that, that he said to you, were you, were you hard headed in any way? Because I, I found myself, like I would hear something Zig Ziglar would say, or Jim Rohn would say, and, and I, I wouldn't necessarily apply it immediately. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think there's stuff even today I hear almost like the first time. You know, I've heard it a hundred times. I think I think I was so hungry. You know, Jim Rohn says you're you will do things for either inspiration or desperation. Uh, Tony gets credit for that, but I think that came from Jim. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I was desperate and I was hungry. And I implemented to the capacity of what I could. Yeah. There's a lot of things I I wasn't ready to hear or think. Um the there were so there's so many things now, Ken, that will happen. And I'll have an idea and I think, wow, that's a great idea. And then I'll think back and yeah, Jim already talked about that 30 years ago. I just wow. didn't hear it the same way because I wasn't there yet. I've not evolved. And, you know, another one of my favorite Jim Rohn quotes is be a student, not a follower. Make sure everything you do is the product of your own conclusion. So I don't think we should do what other people tell us. I think we should take it in. Think about it. Filter it. Take what applies to us. And, and I think too too many people make the mistake of following someone else's advice. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I've, I've heard people say, wow, I gave you advice. You didn't listen to it. You know, (laughs) that I I hate that. I hate that example. What I want is to go out to a ton of people, take it all in, and then make my own decision. And so I I don't want someone taking my advice. I want someone, uh, oh, there's Mike Muni, founder of Act. I love Mike. Mike. Mike's
0: a good dude.
1: Amazing guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I want them to take what I say and consider it and then apply it to their own unique circumstances. So, yeah, I I took what I was able to apply as much as possible as it, you know, fit fit me. And it was pretty significant at the time.
0: So, when you started doing these events, though, were you... um... I mean, you said you had the first event. I think you said you had sixteen hundred at the first event.
1: No, no. When I when I was promoting Jim, I was getting two or three hundred in the beginning.
0: Oh, oh. oh, And I would
1: do those by myself, and then I finally left the company, started my own company, right, right, and went out. And yeah, that first big event. But I'd been an event promoter for a couple of years.
0: Got it. And
1: then. I'm like, you know, people still didn't know who Jim was. So I got Brian who had been doing the big events with Zig. Yeah. Og, as we know. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it, it was just this combination. My ultimate goal was though, to get Jim back. And I did. Yeah. And a Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn two day event or not two day event, a one day event, each four hours was just incredible.
0: I cannot even imagine. I never, I've never seen either one of them live. You know, Brian had, and you may have had a hand in this. I don't know. Um, uh, I bought these two CD courses um, called "The Psychology of Success" and "The Psychology of Selling" by Brian Tracy. Two different courses, right? W- were you? Was that part of? No, your- that that was
1: not in Gilcona. Okay. And uh, "Psychology of Selling," both those massively influenced me. Like going back to 1989 yeah. uh i followed the psychology of selling helped me get get referrals it's the greatest thing i've ever heard on how to get a referral and yeah. uh testimonials and then i kept leveraging those you know i'm in washington dc and i get the business journal and i get the number one guy in new york life and then the next city i'm you know oh. sending out those testimonials to new york life and the business journal and I learned a lot of that through Brian. And so Brian's still a really, really good friend today. And we've done, we, we did this thing called the success Mastery Academy all over the country. And he used to say, it's the greatest program he ever did. It was a 16 module two day event. And so we did the 20 year anniversary of it in 2016 here in Dallas. And I asked Darren Hardy and Vic Johnson and Ron White and a bunch of, you know, friends of mine, uh, that I had originally introduced Brian Tracy to through that event uh, wow. to, to come speak. And so that was a powerful three-day event.
0: You know, I think, again, this is this shows really about helping people break through, get unstuck, right? Yeah. Um, I was going to call the show Getting Unstuck, and my wife goes, why don't you use your last name and call it Breakthrough <laughs> Walls? <Nice. laughs> I'm like, duh. Um, so, but, you know, I think that, at least in my case, I could complicate <laughs> boiling water. Like, I could literally make that a complicated process. And, and I think that um, a lot of people do that with success. Uh-huh. We, we, we think that, there, and I'll never forget hearing Brian Tracy say on one of those CDs, you know, and I'm going to butcher it. By paraphrasing, but basically, um, if you want success, just find something in the marketplace that already exists and make it better, or come up with a new idea and 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 provide value. And and so, I I thought, oh, I don't have to have an invention idea, <laughs> right? right? I don't have to get that god download and 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 like it can be like. What is it that exists that I could make better? And how do you make something better? It really made me think, right? Yeah. And it's by providing more value or more service or whatever. And it's, so-, it's,
1: it's, so I love that. It's take something that's already working, yep. innovate it 10%. And here's the key I would add, make it yours. Yes. Build it off your secret sauce. Yes. Don't copy anyone exactly. That's the big mistake. It's got to be yes. yours. When I talk about the God download of the quote books, it was still me taking all the principles yep. that work, right? And uh, so that's why I say, on what's the spoke on your will? It's got to be part of your core business. It has to be something that's strategic, something that points yep. to the right avatar. But it's got to be part of your secret sauce. Yeah, Like when I go to a website and I see uh, – the You know, when you, you begin this with my website, the yeah. reason I have all those testimonials is because I'm one of only a few people that can do that. So it's unique to me. If mm-hmm. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? The, that is part of my secret sauce. Yeah. You got it. Most people don't get it. But you go, wow, who else has these, all those quotes, right? So I tell people when I go to a website, if I see a generic website that 10 million or 100 million other people, let's say you're a real estate investor and you have a website. I teach people and it's all the same old stuff that anyone else could say. What I want to know is what makes you unique, what makes you special. And maybe it's you have a testimonial from Robert Kiyosaki. Maybe it's you were the youngest to do this or you did this. uh, With your podcast, you have had some, or your show, you've had amazing guests. I want to feature and focus on things that make you unique right? right right not what anyone else could say and i think that's part of that 10 percent innovation thing is what makes you unique and special and bring that magic because wow. trust me the person that has the successful thing you're trying to copy brought their secret sauce yeah well and if you don't have what they have it's you know don't go copy tony robbins don't go copy zig ziglar you know, the person trying to sound just like Zig and look just like Zig. Uh, no, hey, you, out. T- take what you like, but then make it your own.
0: You know, Tom Ziegler was on the show and and I'm friends with Tom also. and And he said that, you know, he said he was talking about exactly what you just said. He said, for the longest time, I thought that people wanted me to be my dad on stage. <laughs> right. And so like and then he had that shift. And and it's like, no, I just need to be me. You know? So it
1: worked really well. I mean, it, I think I think Ziggler, uh, Tom's a really good friend. I yeah. think Ziggler is bigger now than it's ever been. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to something you said early. You said millennials don't know who Jim is, and I, I would say they know Jim more than they've ever known Jim, and here's why. Because Tony Robbins at a three-day event. Only credits one person. Now he might talk about all these people he's coached, but yeah. there's only one person he said changed his life: Jim Rohn, Darren Hardy. Only one person, other than maybe his dad, that he ta- and Paul J. Meyer that he talks about changed his life: Jim Rohn, Hal Elrod, Jim Rohn. You just heard uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, Jim Rohn, Eric uh-huh. Worre. You know who has the massive network marketing following? Good friend, Jim Rohn. So Jim, uh, you know, my avatar are Jim Rohn fans, right? Right. But what I'm finding is all these millennials, uh, because of Tony and Darren and uh, uh, Eric, you know, uh, and so many others, Robert Helms, that they know who Jim Rohn is. So it's a good time to be Jim Rohn's uh, 18-year friend, business partner, and Jim to be my mentor, right?
0: You know, I, I, I don't know anybody else on planet earth that can say they were business partners with Jim Rohn for 18 years.
1: No. And, and actually created the profitable business, right? His, my, my biggest fan was Jim's accountant. He's like, you're the first guy that's <laughs> actually ever made Jim Rohn money, right? Everyone else, <laughs> they, they want it to uh, be part of the, and I think that was one of my strengths is I was so focused on bringing value I wasn't caught up on trying to be best friends or trying to get approval. Jim and I had totally different roles. He was the, you know, the amazing orator, speaker, philosopher. I was the marketer and we didn't always agree because I took Jim out of his comfort zone. You know, I, you know, Jim's like, "Can we not promote as hard? Can we, you know, yeah. He, he he had a phrase. He said, "Kyle, uh, fortune over fame." Like I got a three book deal with Jan Miller, who was Tony Robbins' agent, Stephen C- Covey's agent, Wow. with a three book deal with Simon and Schuster for Jim. And he turned it down. He did not. There's a and part of it was there were some things he didn't really want the world to know. He's very private. And eventually, he opened up about it. He had been married more than once. He made his money in network marketing. He just was very private about certain things. Yeah. And, uh, but at the time, that was devastating to me. So I felt like we always had this little bit of a wrestling match between how aggressive I wanted to. Yeah. And, and I'm glad. I'm I'm glad I did what I did because I think more people know him. Pretty can say that pretty confidently, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because of the products we created, the aggressiveness, like one product. I created that he never knew about until it came out that he would have vetoed was called how to build your network marketing business. And it's 62 minutes, but I, it took me four years to do because I needed the right seminar to pull it from that. He would tell a specific story. He kept leaving out of all his talks called the seed and the sower. And I needed to have the rights to, to take it. And I had two very specific goals. I wanted network marketers to be able to train with it. And I wanted them to be able to recruit with it. it had to have all these ingredients. So it took four years. And uh, eventually I released it. We sold millions of them. And Jim, after that, really changed his tune. He would come to me and say, you know what? I've got more rave reviews from that than anything I've ever done. And then he started talking on stage about that's where he had made his first fortune. And he started talking on stage about, you know, he'd been married more than once. And I just, you know we all need that feedback from people. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but at the time he would have vetoed it cause he had a relationship with Herbalife and he wow. was very protective. So I had these guidelines, but here's my point. My point is because we were so different and we had such different roles, that's why it really worked well.
0: Wow. So it- <clears throat> You know, I, I, a lot like um, Tom Ziegler and Julie and Cindy. I mean, they you know, they they meet somebody meets Tom and they're like, oh, nice to meet you. Um, and then they'll start talking about his dad. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so, it, it, you know, the identities kind of and, and Tom and I talked about this when I interviewed him. Um, but, you know, for you, you're like you're you're an unbelievable person in your own right without without the Jim Rohn story, um, where, where are things going for you? What are like, it seems like you have a lot of fuel left in the tank. (laughs)
1: Well, the best way to endear, if someone wants to endear themselves to me, it is to tell me Jim changed their life. So that tells me, first of all, uh, we have a common philosophy. When someone says, wow, Jim Rohn you know i listen to him i read his books he's made a change i now know something about that person yeah you know i know they have the right philosophy and it it does really endear me uh and that's my favorite subject too is talking about jim Rohn and uh what he's done uh in my world you know the games changed a lot you know i used to be the uh like the record label or the publisher, you know, I sold yeah. millions of books as a publisher. And I actually loved being behind the scenes. I love that I got to sit at my desk while Jim's in uh, Chicago speaking and, you know, yeah. Brown's in New York speaking and I had a team out traveling, but the game changed. Right. And so yeah. I had to, if I wanted to, I sold my companies, I retired for a number of years. When I came back out, Uh, I tried to do the joint ventures, you know, again, being the guy behind the scenes and, uh, you know, it doesn't work anymore. You have to put yourself out there. And so, yeah, I, again, back to the wheel, what do I want to do? What makes me special? And I started with just doing inner circles, masterminds. And I, you, we've seen Mike Muni pop on here. Mike's a member and Colonel Tim Cole, and I have Grammy winners and I have, emmy winners and we have incredible business guys but it all begins with philosophy it all begins with um uh, you know people i want to spend time with you know
0: yeah
1: uh and so i still love going to them and we've had mark victor hansen and crystal come we've had phil colin and Def leopard come we've had jeffrey Mer- jeffrey gittimer yeah. pop into my philly i do them in dallas la and philadelphia so that's the number one thing i do and it's it's um you know, it's not a business model per se. It's not scalable. I, I have a limited amount of people. And uh, the other thing I started doing were these books where I help people check 15 boxes. And the keys to that are, I would see these compilation books and, you know, there's so many things I felt were missing and they weren't very good and people were overcharging. So, you know, my things were, how do I get celebrity authorities involved? So this next book, has Darren Hardy and Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen, You know, it's got 25 celebrity authorities, but it also has uh, a ton of entrepreneurs as well. And then we hit number one and we uh, donate the money to charity that we sell through Amazon, but we have a phenomenal writing coach. We have a phenomenal coach. I interview the people. We have six marketing calls because a book is basically a business card and I want to teach people how to leverage a book. I leverage books with Jim Rohn, Chris Widener, uh, Dennis Waitley, uh, the people I was the agent for and publisher for yeah. to build huge email lists and to uh, create relationships. And again, is a viral marketing tool for people to buy books and give out. So we do the same thing. I let them buy the books back from me for $2. So now it's a true business card. So that's something I love doing mainly cuz of the value we get to bring to my inner circle members and the people in my world. And then I'm doing I do some events, right? Ron White, my longtime friend, I was Ron's agent. Ron's the two-time US memory champion. You yep. and I do once a year a thing called Memory and Marketing. It's a two-day event scheduled in Philadelphia this year, but because of the virus we've now gone virtual and we do that in 2 weeks and it is the opposite of what i see so much right now it is not a pitch fest it is not sell it's not trying to get you on give it to you free so you can get on so we can sell you something no we charge money we don't charge that much but it's all value it's ron's complete two-day memory course and memory names faces speeches speed reading it's my whole marketing course i don't sell an online marketing course I provide that in my inner circle. I provide it in my books, and I provide it through this two-day virtual event. So, wow. and that stuff keeps me pretty busy, Ken. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to get outside of the stuff I really enjoy doing.
0: So, how does somebody get signed up for that event? Is there a is there a way to to send people? Is it your yeah, website? yeah? It's on my
1: website, Wilson.com. Okay, I have that queued in, up. In, in go there. There's events. Okay. And, And so KyleWilsonEvents.com will get you there too. Okay, KyleWilson.com and click events. Uh, I'm I'm embarrassed at how reasonable a price we have it at, but we're trying to make it. It's our first virtual event. We're just giving away and we give away like $2,000 of bonuses. I mean, we give my whole membership site. I mentioned that Brian Tracy three-day event. It's on there uh, because I never wanted to sell that. I, I, filmed it, but just for my own inner circle group, uh, my lot, my, you know, I was in Darren Hardy's home. I was in Brian Tracy's home. Uh, Dennis Waitley, John Asaraf. back in January. I film all that, that all goes in there. So the complete unedited two hour interview with Darren,
0: they get access hours, to all of that. Yeah,
1: 50 hours of oh. other content uh, plus, Ron has multiple courses he gives away, and the whole two-day event plus all the bonuses is two ninety-seven right now. And we teach That's everything we know. And are you
0: serious?
1: Yeah, and we're not trying to sell people into five and ten and twenty thousand dollars. There's none of that, and there's no guest selling that. I'm, I'm signing up. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm it, in. It, yeah, and we have amazing. Wow. You know, I have amazing people attend those. That's one of the reasons we do it. We had a principal from Google come and bring his kids. We had a guy who sold his company for hundreds of millions of dollars come. We had another guy you would know that has a huge, uh, owns a huge network marketing company. Him and his wife came. And when I talk about the will, you know, giving people things to say yes to, you know, having an event like that gives my audience a chance to say, okay, I would like to do it. Now, the big challenge, though, is, Not everyone can come to LA or Dallas or Phoenix or Philly. And that's where we've done them the last four years. We only do one a year, but it's kind of turned into a blessing for us to do this virtual event, something we never even thought about. Right. Yeah. So we're going to do it and it'll be amazing. And Mike Muni is going to be part of it. I'm going to interview Mike, founder Uh of Act. And uh, we, we, Tom Ziegler has spoken at my, uh, has been part of it. Uh, in the past, so, one of my favorite testimonials is from Tom, since yeah. you brought up Tom, uh, I love Tom. Tom said in 20 years, and this is big considering all the people they've worked with in 20 years, Kyle's the only person, he said, only person that has over-delivered and under-promised every time. And he's wow. told me that like five times. I'm finally, Tom, I'm going to, do you mind if I, put that on my website and he said no i'll shoot you a video and he did and so but tom's wow. been part of it jeffrey's been part of it and uh yeah jeffrey uh jeffrey miller it's two solid days of everything but then the bonuses too so
0: the, uh, I, I if okay so i'm just gonna say this I, i'm not quite the um the marketer you are but i am a marketer if you don't go sign up for this right now how would Jeffrey say it? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I better not say it the way the way Jeffrey would say it. like that, that's insane, man. I, and this is not I didn't have you on here to even talk about this. No this I had no idea. This is incredible. Yeah, my wife just said it. we are signing up <laughs> and Jill, you need to open up another tab right now and go sign us up. So, um, that's, that's incredible, man. That's absolutely incredible. I do have a question. Somebody asked, I want to find it real quick. And that's from, um, Joe Ingram. I don't know if you know Joe or uh-huh. not, but yep. yeah, Joe's I met kid. I met
1: Joe through Bob Donnell. I spoke with yep. Bob's inner circle. Yep. Yep.
0: I met Bob because of Joe and then I met Mark because of Bob and, and then you, because of Mark, and it's it's amazing, amazing network. But he says, what would be the best piece of advice that you would give to the millennial generation right now?
1: Yeah, so uh, I did a book called Passionistas, and you might see it. That it's this pink book back here. here. Me... Ah, okay.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> and, there it is. And
1: and that was almost it. Was forty millennial women, and. Before I answer the question, Joe, I just want to point out something. I am a big fan of millennials. I think they get a bad rap. I think uh, Instagram, Facebook, those are opportunities we have today to put ourselves out there. We don't have to go through the middleman like you used to 20 years ago, right? You don't need permission. You can create your own business card. You can create your own movie, your own book through these uh, platforms. And millennials, uh, a lot of times get hit on that. And I actually love that they're taking advantage of it. Now, some do it the right way. Some don't. Just like I think most marketing stuff I see, I can't stand. You know, it's people selling the dream. Yep. But the millennials I follow are just creating good content. And they're putting themselves out there. And they're focused on their audience. The other thing I think millennials, uh, you know, my key employees are millennials and the thing i love about millennials are that uh, they have to they have to be passionate they have to believe in what you're doing yep. i've done 10 of these books and my partner on it editor coach is a millennial and i know i have to constantly check what we do is being significant to keep her involved right yep. so if you're going to win the millennials you have to do stuff that matters and Uh, that, that's, that's actually a great mirror coming back to us. Uh, but advice to millennials is to, you know, to, uh, it's going to take time. I think that would be the biggest one is like you said earlier that when you, you plant the seed, it's going to take some time. So don't buy into the instant gratification, the instant result, uh, Focus on creating something great of value, Uh, you know, be a student. But I'm tripping a little bit because, again, I have so many in my world and they're doing all the right stuff. I'm impressed by they are students. They do know Jim Rohn. They do know, you know, they are listening to podcasts. Uh, So, so, I I mean, there is a little bit of instant gratification, but I see a lot of people guilty of that.
0: Yeah. I think that I think, and I'm with you, man. I think millennials do get a bad rap, you know, whenever I'm faced with, and I'm i I've been doing technology for 26 years, but whenever I'm faced with something that I'm like, how, how would you do that? I, I, I have a, a good millennial friend that actually works for Jeffrey Gittimer now full time that I, I'll reach out to Alex and go, dude, how do I do this? And he's like, Oh, you just blah 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 blah." And I'm like, Oh geez. Okay. I mean, they're, they're getting a bad rap and you're right. They are doing, they're doing all the right things.
1: Yeah. And, and you, they also, um, if they don't think it's important to them, they're not going to do it. Like they don't have to go through all the motions of doing something that's not going to work. Yeah. Like, so people say they give up quickly. Yeah, Yeah. Sometimes they smartly give up quickly.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like not, you know, back in our day, man, you, yeah, you, you, hung, you grind it
1: out. What's that? Yeah. You got to grind it out.
0: <laughs> oh geez. I hate that saying. Yeah. So, no, so- I,
1: I'm i I'm more impressed than I'm not. And again, I have a lot, I actually have a lot of millennials in my inner circle and in my yeah. group. And I'm just impressed with their hunger, with their attitude, with their ambition, their knowledge of, uh, historical perspective of knowing who Jim is and uh you know Tony and uh yeah
0: incredible so I'm hopeful so am I so am I man you are um you just became one of my very favorite people ever wow and 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 I mean that you're you're I love your um demeanor like you're just Mm you're soft-spoken and, and yet you're, you I know that you're a lion. there. <laughs> like, you know, I just love it, man. I, I love what you're doing. Everything that you've accomplished is, is absolutely amazing. My wife said that we apparently just signed up for the event. Yeah, so That's awesome. That's, yeah. So that's awesome. Everybody on here, my gosh, I, you know, I, I, I need to take a memory course. I bought a, a book this is a true story right. i bought a book on mnemonics one time and i still to the i lost it and i still to this day cannot remember the title of it <laughs> how, how, how just ironic is that so yeah man you're you're a good dude i i really thank you for taking the time coming on and and sharing your wisdom and uh Man, I, I'd love to have you on again sometime. Hey,
1: Ken, I really, really enjoyed it, and I, yes, I'm would love to come back on and us do part two and yeah, do some deep dive and and help your audience. Uh, anything in questions for entrepreneurs?
0: And I, I think you know if we maybe did in uh, sometime in the evening where we get a whole lot more people that watch, um, have you come on and and. um and talk to, talk to people about this event because my gosh, people need to be at this event for sure.
1: Okay. Let's so. do it. Let, let's, let's, uh, let's schedule a second, uh, a second call.
0: I absolutely. Would love to. And, and I, do you know Glenn Morshower?
1: I, I have been, you know, Bob Donnell. Uh, okay. I've been introduced to, to Glenn. We've okay. not actually physically met.
0: Okay, he lives in Dallas. Right. (laughs) So um, but Bob, Bob and Joe introduced me to um, to Glenn and Glenn and I have become like brothers. And and we started a show we're doing on Sunday evenings. Okay. um, Called the Ken and Glenn Show with a guy named Scott. Scott McCain is also part of that. I know Scott. Yeah. Do you know Scott? Yeah. Yeah. So Scott, I love Scott. I've known Scott for a couple of years now. And so we, us three have this show on Sunday evenings. Maybe we have you come in as yeah, a special guest, man. That'd I'd be love awesome. to. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. That'd yeah, be great. I'd love to do that, man. So look, my wife just signed us up and Good. I'm very, very cheap. Just so you know. So <laughs> okay. the fact that I'm willing to drop 300 bucks on that, I mean, that that's a no brainer. That's yeah, no brainer. It- and
1: for the live events, we charge five hundred. Right? It's four yeah. ninety seven. We we sell them out. We've never not sold one out. And when we uh, we had the hotel booked in Philadelphia in April, and obviously we had to change, and we rescheduled for August. Well, the hotel is on furlough. Wow. To sign a contract where you have to guarantee rooms, and you know it, it costs like I've signed away. I've been on the hook for a quarter of a million before trying to put on an event, right? Right. A big three day event with Jim Rohn and people don't realize that if stuff happens, you're on the hook for that. So I, I was about to have to sign the new contract for August and I thought, I don't even know if we'll be able to do it. And then all the people flying in. So at the last minute we said, let's just go to virtual and we'll have this little 297 price, and then we'll raise it up, you know, by the weekend, because uh, yeah. a lot of people did pay 497, right, for wow. for the live event. But yeah, we're doing 297, and then we'll we'll adjust. But t- and then we wanted to give additional bonuses to those who had signed up, and uh, so we threw in all these additional bonuses. It's just pretty over the top, and we're excited.
0: That's incredible, man. I- I'm excited to be a be in the audience now. Yeah, so. I'm
1: excited to have you on. You well, know, Hey, Ken, uh, whenever we're done, I'm in no hurry. I'm fine. Yeah, uh, okay. Let's jump on a quick call though. After we're done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we will. I'd, I'd love to, I think, um, you know, I, I do want to, I, I like staying around an hour or so and not because I have to yeah. go. I, I, you know, I, I, the value you provide is insane. What is the, before we go, I have one last question okay. about Jim. Okay. Okay of all of the wisdom because I've listened to Jim obviously for years of all of the wisdom he shared with you and your one-on-one time, what's the number one thing that you would attribute your success to that Jim Rohn taught you?
1: I think it, it gets down to this thing about uh, it's not what's out there that matters. I, I was, into politics, you know, 1989, you know, I was paying attention to everything. I was listening to talk radio and trying to, you know, being disturbed if the stock market was down and, you know, he said, Hey, Kyle, it's not what happens out there, what happens out there happens to everyone. It's what you're going to do about it. What happens out there? Mm. Uh, It's what you can control, like everything you can't control. Let that go. Don't invest time and energy in what you can't control. Focus on what you can. And I really got it. And that's when I truly became a student. It's when I started reading books, uh, listening to cassettes at the time, right? And I went to work on myself. I went to work on what I could control. And I could tell you different points of history. 9-11, Uh, that destroyed the seminar business, right? That destroyed the speaking, but that was my best year. The next 12 months were my best year. I, that was a launching ground because we were so prepared. I recently interviewed Darren Hardy for my podcast and Darren's had a virtual team, uh, for five years. So when all this just recently happened, his business is exploding because he was prepared. So there's, uh, you know, I love what Jeffrey said. He said, there's going to be winners, watchers and whiners. And I would say there are people that are ahead on target and behind and people that are behind, uh, you know, I do weekly calls with my inner circle and I'm like, listen, if you're behind, don't try and get into the latest craze, right? Be, you know, see where the puck's going. Be thinking three, six months, a year from now. Yep. If you're on target, make sure you're taking care of business. But mm-hmm. if you're ahead, yeah, you can turn on a dime. You yeah. can take things. And so I see a lot of people trying to exploit this by saying, "Oh, you should be doing all this online stuff." Uh, well, if you're behind the eight ball, trying to go create that, yeah. I don't know. You gotta you gotta evaluate that.
0: Yeah.
1: Be thinking do whatever you're doing if you're behind for the future right and so uh i don't know how i got off into that but i guess i'm just saying when things aren't going well it's true for everyone just what you know what are you going to do about it and we all know the example right whether it's t- twins whether you know it's family members some go off and do great things some don't and it's yeah. all about what you personally can control. So that was by far the the single biggest distinction. It sounds so cliche-ish, yeah. but I really right. went deep with it. I really realized, okay, I, I get to control it all, right? Yeah. And you look, there's, you know, if you're a football fan, right? You see Nick Saban, you see Bill Belichick talk about the process.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's not about the score, it's the process. Yeah. And if you're focused on the process, what can you do that will make you better? You know, whether that's daily prayer, meditation, journaling, uh, having a core community. Um, and, and the other thing I got to say is just the power of influence. You know, uh, Jim gave me a whole new set of voices to listen to. I went and read Thinking Grow Rich. I went and read The Richest Man in Babylon. I got to hear Jim's wisdom. So it elevated my thinking. I talk about my 52 lessons, you know, it's on the website, it's free. My Mark Victor Hansen lesson, what I call it, expanding the rubber band. So I met Mark in 94. We ended up doing chicken soup for the entrepreneur sold together. We booked him for all my events. We traveled the world together. He just wrote the forward for my most recent book. Don't quit. Uh, I just interviewed him. He's going to be on the podcast. He's part of the next book. And Mark told me in 1995, think that sold 3 million chicken soup books. Wow. And he said, Kyle, we are going to sell a hundred million books. And I'm like, Mark, you're, you're, you just, you're such an exaggerator. You're, you know, you, <laughs> you're crazy. If, if you sell 10 million books, I will kiss your feet. You'll be the greatest of all time. It's just, that's not going to happen. Well, they went on to sell 600 million books, right? Yep. Yeah. I was wrong. Thank God. And, uh, Mark expanded my thinking. I always say I wouldn't be here today. Like, who knows, you know, maybe some of the things I did that were audacious, I might not have ever done if I didn't meet Mark Victor Hansen. So the power of your inner circle, the power of who you spend time with, the power of who's influencing your thoughts, that, that is massive so learning to get around people who think bigger but you know again who are good ethical people my lesson from zig ziglar was never do a good deal with a bad guy yeah wow that changed everything someone's yeah. successful but you you're like oh, i don't know how i feel about that person yeah just walk away yeah go for good there are enough like mike muni who you know said hi founder of yeah. Act software but one of the best human beings, one of the He's most amazing. principled human beings. That's who I want to spend time with. Yeah. You know, I'll get friend requests and I see who their friends are and I'm like, I'll pass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if that's their top yeah. friends. yeah. Not that I dislike them. It's just not, we're not on the same page. Yeah, I want to be around with, you know, really good people because I really understand the power of it's- hanging around philosophically first yeah success is secondary it's good people philosophical
0: so and when that's that's he, who Jim Rohn was yeah that that's 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 who he was and I think that people don't get it like when you're you know it's it is it seems like a cliche like the five people closest to you and and all that but it's the truth and it's the, the truth. reason that it works so well this is just my opinion is when I'm hanging out with Jeffrey Gittimer or Tom Ziegler or Mark Victor Hansen or Kyle Wilson or any of these amazing humans, it automatically makes me want to do everything in my power to be a better human. Like right. you start leveling up. Does am I, Is that making sense?
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. It's like turning the radio dial. So or let's just say you're on you're watching TV and you're watching something that's a waste of time. Then you yeah. turn, and you say, Oh, here's a documentary or here's an interview. I love interviews. Oh yeah. So here's an interview with could be a music. It's, it's always the same stuff. It's, yeah. it's the same principles. I just yeah. interviewed three time Grammy winner, uh, Seth Mosley. He's part of my group wow. and written 29 number one songs. He's only 32 incredible. And I asked the question already knowing the answer, even though we'd never talked about it. I said, Seth, are songs giving given to you? He goes, Oh yeah. Like it, it, that's, he has a online course called song chasers. And how do I know that? Cause every interview I've ever watched of a musician, they talk about putting themselves in a position to have a download. Now, 95% of it's perspiration focus, hard work, yeah. but 5% of the time, you know, here it comes and you got to be in that position. And you know, uh, uh, Jim Rohn would quote the Bible and say if you search you will find but rarely does a good idea interrupt you you have to go searching right and so again i'm not going to get that by watching a sitcom now i, mm-hmm. I love seinfeld i love kerby's enthusiasm but i'm not going to get that right but when i spend a day with incredible people that are outperforming me who have happy families who are in great health who understand finances and I hear them talk, it's just like hearing that interview that raises my level of consciousness. Yeah. I go, wow, because we forget so quickly, right? Yeah. We yeah. read it in a book, and books are powerful, but there's nothing like the energy exchange of getting around other people that lifts your consciousness. That's and right. we need it, you know. Zig said, motivation's like taking a bath, you have to do it, do it every day. So yeah. we need that constant influx.
0: I I, I totally agree. Man, this has been one of the very best interviews. And I've interviewed Mike Muni on here. I've had Mark Victor Hansen. I've had, like, dude, this has been one of the... And sorry, I just called you dude. That's one <laughs> of my- You'll get to know me. That's one of my favorite words. I'm stuck in the 80s. But, but you know, I think that that this has been absolutely incredible. And it's it's obvious to me... That you've absorbed a lot of incredible wisdom along the way. And I love the fact that you're now out here, just you're you're delivering it to other people. That's Well, thank you. That's what it's about.
1: Yeah, and I think <clears throat> for all of us, right? It's like, uh, here's the truth. Some people are going to discover Jim Rohn through my way of saying it. I was with Hal Elrod on his podcast. And Hal, I, I did you know, what'd you learn from Jim? I said three things. He goes, Oh my God. You know, you just said three things. I quote is myself. He said, I, I thought those, I think I thought I came up with those. And he goes, <laughs> but I got that from Jim because I was Jim's biggest student. And I said, well, hold on, Hal. When we take the wisdom from a mentor or we take the wisdom from a book or a seminar, and we literally go through the process and we yeah. have a life experience and we walk on the other side of that process.
2: Yeah.
1: It has become ours. And then when we share it, we're going to reach someone that they didn't share. Someone hears Jim Rohn say it, then hit them. They hear me say it or Hal say it, or you say it. Yeah. And for whatever reason they get it. And so ending this call, I would end it with anyone out there. When, you know, whether it's wisdom, whether it's insight, whether it's ideas, the key is you have to go take action and you got to put it to use because otherwise it's just information. Information's fine, but that's not the transformation. The transformation is when you take the information, do something with it. And then on the other side of it is where the actual transformation and energy happen, And now it becomes your own. And you can tell when people are sharing information Versus stuff they've actually lived, right. and that's where the power is. So, take one or two things we talked about today and put it to use. And on the other side of that is where the transformation that you'll impact people comes from.
0: And I want to, and 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 we'll end this. This could go on forever, by the way, <laughs> but we'll end this. But I do want to, I do want to make a point about something you said uh, earlier. When I said, when I brought up Brian Tracy saying, "Take something and make it better." Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people out there trying to copy other people in this world. And I can promise you 100% of the time it will not work out for you if you're trying to duplicate exactly. And, and you've seen it. I've seen it. It doesn't work. Find your thing. Yeah. If it, it may be something similar. Right but make it yours. And I love the fact that you pointed that out because if you don't make it yours, you're just a copycat and that, and copycats get run over. Like they, they, you see them laying in the middle of the street out there. (laughs) You know, Ken,
1: I said, I had this mantra to get 2000 people in a room. Yeah. I had seen Jerry Pat getting 2000 people in a room, Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy. So I took his model and then I recreated my own model, which was very different than his. But to your point, I took an existing model,
0: yeah. right? Yeah.
1: And so, find something that you resonate with, and then make it your own. I love it. All right, oh, Thank
0: you so much, man. I, I'm I'm beyond grateful for having you on today. Don't hang up on me, but I am going to okay. end the live stream. And thank you to everyone who shared this out. And if you didn't share it out, you still have an opportunity. So go ahead and share it out. Kyle, thanks again. Thank you so much. It's been great.
1: Ken, my honor. Thank you so much.
0: All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.